Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 31 called Job's Final Appeal. See, what we tend to do is we think, if only this, or if only he would change, or she would change, the only way change is going to happen, everybody ready? If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this one. The only change you can control is your own. If you spend the next 20 years trying to change people, rot's a ruck. But if you say, Lord, change me, There's things that I don't like that are going on with this other person, but I can't control that. I can't change that person. So change me. And I know some of you have prayed that prayer. If I, verse uh, 13, and this is now, uh, I think our fifth one on mistreatment of servants. You could maybe in our modern age talk about employee-employer relationship. If I've despised the claim of my male or female slaves when they filed a complaint against me, What then could I do when God arises? And when he calls me to account, what will I answer him? Did not he who made me in the womb make him? We're all made in the image of God. And the same one fashioned us in the womb. Studying Ephesians and Colossians, masters and servants are both told, you have a master in heaven, so you treat other people with respect because they're made in the image of God. If you're an employer here tonight, Treat your employees with respect. If you're an employee, treat your boss with respect. Job says, if I hadn't done that, then God would certainly be just to judge me. But again, Job is saying he did. Sixth category, lack of concern for the poor, verses 16 through 18. If I've kept the poor from their desire or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten my morsel alone and the orphan has not shared it. But from my youth, he grew up with me as with a father and from infancy, I guided her. Would seem that Job took in both male and female orphans because he had a huge estate and he was able to supply for them. And when he had the disaster, many people suffered because of Job's disaster. He was a good man. I wanna park here for a second and encourage you Since God brags about Job's righteousness, if you and I are trying to figure out how to live a righteous life, every positive category here should be something that you take a note of for your own life, and I should as well. Everybody with me? So a positive way to look at this, since God commends Job for his good life, is that these are the things we should be doing and shouldn't be doing as it applies. And here, Job had a heart for the fatherless, for the orphan, for the widow. He says, if I've seen anyone, seventh category, failure to clothe the poor. If I've seen anyone perish for lack of clothing or that the needy had no covering or if his loins have not thanked me and if he has not been warmed with the fleece of my sheep. Job had been good to the widow and the orphan and good to the poor. If he saw someone without a coat, without a blanket, he was quick to try to beat a need. If I've lifted up my hand, eighth category is perversion of justice against the weak. 
If I've lifted up my hand against the orphan because I saw I had support in the gate, let my shoulder fall from the socket. If I have used a power play to, to mistreat somebody I should have been there for, you know, James says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, that we visit orphans and widows in their, in their distress and keep ourselves unstained by the world. So Job said, if I didn't do that, if I manipulated the system, did it for money, threw around my weight and my power, let my shoulder, 22, fall from the socket and my arm be broken off at the elbow. For calamity from God is a terror to me, and because of his majesty, you could say his holiness, I can do nothing. Job is saying, if I were to abuse my power and hurt someone who needed my help, if I, for example, broke their arm, then my arm should be broken. You don't pay up, we break your leg. (laughs) You know, there's some systems out there like that. But Job is saying that I've tried to do the right thing. I tried to mend the, the hurting one. Many years ago, I remember I was standing out front, in front of the church in Orange. I was a fairly new Christian, but I was passionate about the gospel. I was standing next to the senior pastor, and a woman walked up, and she had multiple uh, bruises and two black eyes, and she had been beaten up by her boyfriend. And I... And I I was speechless. I didn't even know what to say to her. And I watched my senior pastor of the time minister to her, uh, get her to a shelter, bring some women in the congregation to pray over her. But I was just thinking, who is on the other end of this conversation? Who is this guy that would do this? What, what's going on here? Well, Job says, if I had done that kind of thing, then maybe... What should have happened to me is that I should have it back from God's hand. Ninth is trusting in wealth. Ninth category, verses 24 through 26. If I put my confidence or trust in gold or money, called fine gold my trust, if I gloated because my wealth was great and because my hand had secured so much, if you have an NIV, if I put my trust in gold or said to pure gold, you are my security. If you're in the stock market right now, things are good. But don't forget, they could go bad really quick. The real estate market sometimes is fantastic. If you buy a house at the right time, you could do really well. You buy a house at the wrong time, you could do very poorly. The stock market, the real estate market, you know, there's some investments that are better than others, but some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, some trust in apartment buildings, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. See, the Bible is filled with warnings about not boasting in your riches, but boasting that you know God. For the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Now, Job was a wealthy man. He could have made his wealth his trust, but at this point in his life, where does wealth go? Bye-bye. Sometimes wealth just gets up and flies away. And if you put your confidence in those statements that you get, (laughs) watch out. 
Remember when the, the tech craze was happening and people were becoming millionaires and billionaires overnight and then the stock dropped and they were paupers overnight too? Oh, we got to Oh. <laughs> you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse in no time. Tenth category, we'll move quickly. Worship of the heavenly bodies. Verses 26 through 28. The theme of trust continues, but here it is with idolatry. If I've looked at the sun when it's shone, or the moon going in it in splendor, and my heart became secretly enticed, and my hand threw a kiss from my mouth. Some of you are going, What, are you, what is this? Well, in the ancient world, they worshiped the, the hosts, like the, the sun, moon, and stars, the heavenly bodies that the Creator made. And one form of worship was to blow a kiss at the sun. Good morning, sunshine. And I'm not joking, this was a form of worship. And Romans 1 says that people who get involved in idolatry worship the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. How many people are talking about Mother Earth and all the stuff about, that we hear that's coming out? The most important thing in my platform is climate change. Okay. I know the science is debated on climate change, but let me ask you this. Does the climate always change? I mean, it does. And it's like right now, we're hearing more talk about climate change than we're hearing about things that really matter. And by the way, the father of creation, not Mother Earth, is the one who's in control anyway. And when he wants to end the world that he made, he'll do it. Right? It won't be whether or not I recycled that one extra bottle. I am not talking about being irresponsible, though. We are to steward the planet that we have been given well. I'm not talking about making excuses, and I'm not trying to marginalize concerns that you may have in that area. But I am saying, should it be the number one priority? I think the number one priority for America we don't want to talk about is to get back to God. But nobody want to talk about that because that's not popular, right? But, but America needs an awakening. Job says, did I hear a faint amen out there? That too would have been an iniquity calling for judgment for I would have denied God above if I worshiped the sun or the moon. 11th category satisfaction at the demise of an enemy, 29 and 30. Have I rejoiced at the extinction of my enemy? the one hating me, or exalted when evil befell him? No, I've not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for his life in a curse. And all God's people said, rats, we can't do that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when I'm watching a movie and the bad guy falls off the building, I have to confess. I usually don't say, oh, that's terrible. I usually say, good for you. You smashed on the cement, you deserve it. And then I have to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm a Christian pastor, <laughs> right? You know, the Bible actually says we're to bless those who persecute us. What? <laughs> I try to avoid that page in my Bible. Well, no, it's there, <laughs> right? We're supposed to be different. He talks about failure to be hospitable in verses 31 and 32. Have the men of my tent not said who can find one who has not been satisfied with his meat? 
The alien has not lodged outside. I've opened my doors to the traveler. These are all good things, good, good ways to live. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I think the number one priority for America we don't want to talk about is to get back to God. But nobody wants to talk about that, because that's not popular, right? But, but America needs an awakening. Job says... Did I hear a faint amen out there? That too would have been an iniquity calling for judgment, for I would have denied God above if I worshiped the sun or the moon. 11th category satisfaction at the demise of an enemy, 29 and 30. Have I rejoiced at the extinction of my enemy, the one hating me, or exalted when evil befell him? No, I've not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for his life in a curse. And all God's people said, rats, we can't do that. (laughs) I mean, sometimes when I'm watching a movie and the bad guy falls off the building, I have to confess. I usually don't say, oh, that's terrible. I usually say, good for you. You smashed on the cement, you deserve it. And then I have to go, wait a minute, I'm a Christian pastor. (laughs) Right? You know, the Bible actually says we're to bless those who persecute us. What? (laughs) I try to avoid that page in my Bible. No, it's there, (laughs) right? We're supposed to be different. He talks about failure to be hospitable in verses 31 and 32. Have the men of my tent not said who can find one who has not been satisfied with his meat? The alien has not lodged outside. I've opened my doors to the traveler. These are all good things, good good ways to live. Verses 33 and 34 were winding down. Concealing sin without confession. Have I covered my transgression like Adam? Remember Adam and Eve tried to make those leave coverings. Whenever it was a windy day, those don't work well. (laughs) 
by hiding my iniquity in my bosom, because I feared the great multitude and the contempt of families terrified me, and I kept silent, and I didn't go outdoors because I thought, well, if I go outside and I admit that I'm imperfect, or if I take a stand on something, I'll get some heat from people. So I just stayed inside. Job says, no, I didn't do that. I was in the gate. He was probably a judge and elder of the city. I tried to take righteous stands. Now, we're going to come back to verses 35 and 30 through 37, but the final category, and I hope you've been able to track. I know I've been going quickly, but the last one, 14, is abuse of land. If my land cries out against me and its furrows weep together, if I've eaten its fruit without money or have caused its owners to lose their lives, let briars, kind of a sign of a curse, grow instead of wheat, stink weed instead of barley. And then it says the words of Job. Are ended. Job says, if I've done wrong, I pray that my land doesn't produce. And you know, land can carry a curse. The idea of land being defiled is in our Bibles. But I like the image of a life. A life can be fruitful or a life can be barren and prickly and weedy. Right? You can either be a nice tree planted by streams of living water or you could be a tumbleweed. <laughs> they just roll around, pick up prickly things and stick under your car. You ever try to move a tumbleweed without gloves? Oh, they're terrible. You got to try to stuff them into your neighbor's trash can. It's horrible. That was a joke. Your neighbor's... Anyway. Here's what Job says. 35. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Behold, here's my signature. Let the Almighty answer me. The indictment which my adversary has written. Surely I would carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it to myself like a crown. I would declare it to him the number. I would declare to him the number of my steps. Like a prince, I would approach him. Oh, that God would hear me. And he signs the oath of innocence. You got a picture like a document. That he, he went through his 14 categories, an oath of innocence, signed it, Job, and sent it up. Oh, God, I need to hear from you. I want to show you something. If we could put up on the screen, uh, I have a picture of the Hebrew here. And if you take a look, this is a page from a Hebrew dictionary. If you look at the top left, the signature word is tav, T-A-V. So uh, in the Hebrew dictionary, we have the Aleph, that's kind of the A, and the Tav is the last letter of the Hebrew uh, dictionary. As Moses would have written the language from right to left, the Tav, the ancient way of writing it, looked like a cross. So when someone signed, and go down a little bit, you can see the definition of Tav. It's the sign or the mark, and it means the covenant established And the word is a cross and a nail. And when someone signed a document in the ancient world, apparently they, instead of like Michael Lance in cursive, they they would put like a sign of a cross. They would kind of seal the document. That was their signature. The sign of a what? I'm going to sign this document. And Job foreshadows who? And Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. I need an audience with the judge. 
And isn't it amazing to think that the judge that Job appeals to is the one who's going to come down and be the ultimate innocent sufferer and die for Job's sin? Sometimes we cry out to God and we feel like God is a thousand miles away and there's no way he understands my problems. And then we realize that even Job, when he made his appeal to God, he signed it with the tab, with the cross, as if to say, this is how your concerns will be answered. There is a problem of evil, but there's a greater power in the universe and it's the gospel. And the answers will be found in the cross. I won't be able to understand everything this side of heaven, but I know he's going to consider me innocent and I'll wear it on my shoulder. He's going to give me the crown of life. I can approach a throne of grace boldly and confidently because I have Jesus as my righteousness. Would you bow your heart for a moment? Father, thank you so much for Jesus. You know, these are Job's last words, an appeal, oh God, why? And we know Jesus from the cross. You said, Father, why have you forsaken me? We know you're the greater Job, the ultimate innocent sufferer, the answer to all that ails us. And Father, there there are many times in all of our lives when we struggle with these questions of this broken world and, and the fallenness all around us and the division and the hatred and the the death. And the things that come our way. But what we know is that we serve a God who entered into our pain. The greater Job. This book is really all about a foreshadowing of Jesus who would come and suffer though he was innocent and do it in our place. And even from the cross, you know, he asked a question even though he knew why he was suffering. And he was doing it in our place and Lord, that may help us to understand a little bit more about what this Christian life is about. It's not about us as much as we struggle with that. It is about us taking up our cross and following you. And it is hard for us, Lord. We, we confess it. We struggle. But would you help us? Help us to just become a little bit more like you every day. To surrender a little bit more to you. Now, would you keep your heart bowed? If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great time to ask him to save you. He died for you. He rose for you. He lived that perfect life that you could never live. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. We're going to take communion. And if you've been away from the Lord for for some time and you need to do a little business with him right now, this would be a great time. Just say, Lord, I just want to I just want to walk in your ways. Help me, Lord. Thank you for forgiveness in Jesus, but help me to become more like you. And if you've been walking with the Lord and things are going well, then just bless his holy name and continue to move forward in your life with him. We pray all of that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Job's Final Appeal, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 31. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as a senior pastor. 
If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. Hey, if you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen and watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, you may feel like you're at the end of the line and you're, <laughs> you've been making some final appeals for a while, right? <laughs> okay, this is it. I'm done. But you know what? Faith can go on one more day. And that's all you have to worry about is today. And Job, you know, everything for him looked bleak. But you know what? He found ultimately his answers in the face of God. In fact, he said, I heard about you with my ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Ooh, that's so beautiful. Because Jesus Christ showed us the face of God. The greater Job came, and he is the one in whom we find our answers. And we'll be looking at a message tomorrow called Looking for Answers. Hey, are you looking for answers? Are you trying to find out what to believe and why you should believe it and how to live. That's good. It's wonderful. Maybe you're, maybe you're brand new to the Christian faith and you just stumbled upon this broadcast in the book of Job of all books, right? But maybe you could relate. Maybe you're going through a Job-like experience right now. Hey, would you tune in tomorrow and tell a friend? We're going to be plumbing the depths of the idea of looking for answers. What a wonderful thing. We're all, we all want to find the right answer. And the answer is findable. God is not far from each one of us. Tune in tomorrow. This is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Lord willing, we'll see you right here. God bless. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you could listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5, called Looking for Answers. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.